Like many of you, you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Mr. Brosley, what's going on, my man? Hey, James. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Sir? Good, good, good. Yeah. Good. So what's been going on with you? <laughs> oh, man. Getting geared up for uh, Halloween, and yes. uh, we finally got some cooler weather. Um, it, that's kind of why I'm a little stuffy today. But, you know, it comes with the territory. Like, I'm okay with it. Um, as long as I can enjoy my cool weather and my Gamecocks and some um, – some Halloween festivities, and I am set, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take being stuffy. Um, getting up in the attic this weekend uh, uh, to get some decorations down, so we can get them finally set out. We've got cal- uh, calendars. We've got, we've got calendars too, but we have candles set out. That's kind of like fall smells, and I love it. Like you walk into the house and it smells like pumpkin spice. Everything. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. How about yourself? I, well, I'm ready for Halloween. Um, it turns out that that my uh, the place I work at Outback is gonna decorate for Christmas this year. Okay. First time in so long, you know. Ever. Ever, right? And, but but <laughs> I am excited about Halloween because I get to watch my favorite favorite movie of all time, and that's yeah. and this is the movie you can watch on both both holidays, from Christmas. I mean, to to, to Halloween of Christmas, and you know what it is, right? The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can we can start watching that anytime, and it's so well. We we watch it like all year round, right? All year round, anyway. But you know, we just started a new show. For those of you who are into like spooky TV shows, um, we just started uh, Midnight Mass on Netflix. And it's the same director and creator of the Haunting of Hill House and the Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, he directed Hush. So those are like, Ooh. you know, uh, Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor on Netflix uh, were some awesome shows to watch. Right. Last year, this past year, um, and uh, spooky ghost stories and um, like just really like the story is amazing in it and um it's got all kind of twists and turns and i love that kind of stuff and then hush was just a great like suspenseful horror movie um you know and then mike flanagan is the the director and creator on that and he always uses like the same people turns out he's married to one of the actresses that's in all of his movies so found that out um but um yeah we just started watching that we're only like two episodes into it but it is it's good so far. Like it's pull, it's pulling you in. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. So, are you a big fan of the Halloween movies? Oh gosh, yes, yeah. of course. Okay, so tell me if this is true. Okay, so they're finally coming out with a, I guess a final Halloween. It's called Halloween Kills. Have you heard of that? Day? So there's a trilogy. Yeah, the okay. the new like the one that like the that came out in like 2018. Yeah. Um, that was the now like erasing all the movies it, it's weird they like re they revamped it but i actually like it i'm okay with it because as much as i do like all the halloween movies because i can find something in all of them that i like right i was okay with the fact that they were like all right halloween 2018 is a direct sequel 
to the Halloween. original Halloween 1978 too. Halloween. Okay. Well, so so it's like, forget about so, all the other movies that, that came out. They so, don't exist anymore. So it's, not like, it's, so, it's, so it's not like Halloween 2, Halloween 3, trash movies, nope. by the way. Four, five, yeah. six, right. But yep. look, okay, so, okay, so which one was the one with Muscle Rhymes? That was, was that, um, H2O, H2O, I think. Yeah. I, think yeah. I thought that was the best movie ever. Because when you say trick or treat, but I was like, oh my god, that's the funniest line in the movie. Trick or treat, motherfucker, you know? That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's the one, uh, I think that's the one where they were, um, it was like a, a, a webcam show yeah, or Ty- something, Ty- right? Yeah, because yeah, Tyra Banks was in it too, right? Tyra Banks was in Ty- it. Tyra yeah. Banks, and uh, I don't think LL Cool J came in until the next movie after, right? Or something. I- think so yeah. um paul rudd was in one of those really? which is weird i don't remember but uh yeah i mean i'm okay i'm okay with those i really am i really liked rob zombies halloween movies yeah. too um just it, it gave a but, cool background to michael myers so but ha- but rob zombies doing something majorly cool the monsters oh yes remember, i've been following yeah. so I've, been, yeah. I've been keeping track of that he's been uploading like set photos and great, uh, different designs yeah. of things yeah man i i am excited about that i love the monsters i wonder i used to watch the monsters all the time i wonder what the plot would be because the because the monsters tv show was was like like, like a comedy show wasn't it right i, I mean it, it was, was like a, yeah yeah like and a, it was like way more like family family oriented yeah. and i'm yeah. pretty sure his won't be because nothing he does is family oriented but i'm excited to see it regardless i think rob zombie is a great uh not only a great musician but i think he's a great director too right. i like all of his movies there's only the one movie that i was like sorry rob i just can't watch it and i had to cut it off it was uh lords of salem i just couldn't oh, i, I couldn't get all the way through it it's rough it's very very rough and that's yeah. one of the few movies that i ever like threw in the towel and was like I'm done. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. And, it, you know, it, it wasn't for – there's a lot of, like, yes, there's a lot of really, like, sacrilegious things in that movie, but it wasn't even that. It was just so Slow. out there, gross, oh, and I was yeah. just like, can't do it. Sorry. I'm just going to have to – I have to draw the line somewhere. And that was where I had, that was where I drew it. Yeah. <laughs> it was Lords of Salem. I was you like, to, sorry, dude. You got to draw the line somewhere, dude. Um, I had to do it at some point. <laughs> okay, so I got the last question before we start the show. Yeah. Um, are you going to be able to come this Monday to the uh, the dead dates uh, in Kennebunk? No, we Mills? won't be able to. I know, okay. um, and I hate it. Please give uh, Daisy Dead all of my um, love and congratulations for um, being able to tour with Candlebox. Candlebox That's so crazy, man. man. That's so awesome. I love Candlebox, um, but oh. no, we, we won't be able to make it, unfortunately. Okay, because uh, the reason why I'm asking this because I have to actually bring down all this. St- I think I'm I, I think I'm coming down on Thanksgiving Day, um, or like, the day before. So I'm gonna have to bring all my all the stuff that it's yours that I got for you. <laughs> you know the, yeah. the, the deal booked and the it's, it's great. But I got one that you might want to come down here and get sometime soon, yeah. real soon. Yeah. What did I tell you that I was gonna get you? Oh man. In the week? It- is it the uh, is it the Calabrese? Oh my gosh! I was listening to that is, album buddy. a lot today. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah. And in preparation for this episode, I have been listening to a lot of Calabrese. Even though we're not even going to talk about Calabrese on this episode, it's just they're a great horror punk band. But yes, man, thank you so much for doing that too. Um, James uh, was trying to win us some um a special giveaway that uh of their of their dayglow necros um 
vinyl uh, actually, collection. Actually, I didn't win this. I bought this. And, and that's what I was going to say. Oh, he yeah, didn't yeah. win it. I didn't win it. Yeah, yeah. So James was like, screw it. I'm just going to buy them anyway. Yeah. Dude, oh, <laughs> and okay. Okay, so. And he freaking tricked me. I, I wanna, I'm going to tell everybody, too. You freaking tricked me because you were you were asking me. You were like, oh, which one? Oh, man, this one's cool. I really like this one. Which one do you like? And I was like, yeah, the, the watermelon one's cool. Uh, the pink one's cool. Yeah, and, uh, yada, yada, yada. And the next thing I know, James texts me. And he's like, so I got you the. I was like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <You laughs> kind yeah. Gentlemen. No, because um, the, the I I think you introduced me to Calabrese last year, right? When we I did right before mm-hmm. we, we we interviewed uh, Davy, and, yeah. and ever since then I've been looking my my butt off for Dayglo, right? The, the vinyl, yeah. And this is the first time in like ever that I've seen it in vinyl, so I'm like I have to get me and Blake this, okay? Well, thank you, thank you, kind This sir. is mine, but this is what yours is is gonna look like. Yeah, it's, that's so. That's the watermelon one. Yeah, the watermelon. Yeah, so cool. both sides. You know, both sides watermelon. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's uh, uh, like I don't know what 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 those are on the. I guess they're like, I don't know, like skulls. Skulls are monsters. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But then I also got that one for me, and I just fell in love with this one so much I had to get this. It's the pink one. Oh yes, yeah. the pink one. Yeah, they had a uh, they had like a Martian blood one. I don't, I, I, I didn't really like that one, so I let, yeah, um, so I, you know, surpassed that one. But either you have to come and get all this goodies, or I have to come over there when I visit my mom and dad. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll have to get up sometime, sometime soon and and hang out. Um, and yeah. uh, it's it, you know, and and we just we hadn't seen each other in forever. It has I, been. Forever. Um, last time I saw you, I, I was working at David Musters, and you yep. and Ellie came in, and we just had high for a few minutes because you know I was I was hosting, so I couldn't yeah. so, so I couldn't talk to y'all for me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, man, we gotta go by David Musters or something, you know, hang out. Yeah, we'll have to hang out soon, and because um, all we the only time we ever see each other, we talk a good bit. Um, yeah. We just the only time like we see each other is through the podcast when we're, when we're, when we're recording. So, um, but yeah, you've got like this, all this stuff for me and I'm like, why are you getting me these things? (laughs) Like you said, but it's so, I'm so thankful. I really do appreciate it. And I'll have to, I'll have to get up with you and, um, I'll have to get you some things. All right. Oh, Oh, dude, you don't. Okay. Okay. So to answer your question politely, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I don't know. Uh, the the reason why I got you the Dalo was um was because it's it's your favorite band, Calibri, So I had to. I uh, love Calibri's, okay. Yeah. And uh, I got the deal one, the deal book, another one for free. So that's yours. Yeah. And I got you something else, didn't I? Oh, the um. Oh, oh, the one word film shirts. Yeah, you've you've got me some swag of which you guys can also get if you follow the link in this uh, description of of the show's notes. Yes, um, and get your own. But I'll be getting mine from James because I'm on the show and I have those type of privileges, and y'all don't. So (laughs) there, just kidding, man. I know we're 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 all having we're all having a blast here. We're just. We're we're being a couple of goof, a couple of uh, goof em ups and that's right, that's right. It's great. One more thing before we start our our show for you all today, 
Uh, if you can, just please rate and uh, review our podcast as it helps us in the future. Get more yes, guests and get more, more good stuff for you to enjoy. Yeah. So today is our Halloween uh, Halloween episode. It's we're um, kicking it off. Yeah, it's so October. Finally, we're gonna yeah. kick it off. Yeah. So happy We've Halloween, y'all! Um, happy Halloween, everybody! Right. We're, we had all kind of ideas for uh, Halloween episodes for the month of October, um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get these rolling out to you every every week. Um, we'll have uh, we've got some special cover wars that we're gonna be uploading as well. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, really excited about this whole month and I know you guys love Halloween too. So, um, and don't worry, we'll do stuff like this for, uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas too. Um, and, and uh, maybe any other holidays that require music of some sort. And just, okay. So I have a, I have a, a problem with, with people who don't like candy corn. Candy corn is like the greatest candy it's great. ever. Yeah. I don't know why I just so much hate for it nowadays, you know? Because the internet told him not to like it. That's why. Yeah. Thanks like a lot, internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but first, before we go to this uh, uh, awesome, awesome uh, episode with horror punk, punk bands, uh, do you want to do a day, This Day in Music? All right. So This Day in Music for October 4th. Once again, thank you to thisdayinmusic.com for uh, these notes for today's uh, special uh, This Day in Music since we're kicking off the Halloween season. Um, unfortunately, these aren't all Halloween related. Uh, I really tried to find some that were. Some of these may be kind of thrown in there, but uh, anyway. So this same music, October fourth, uh, in 1969, Credence Clearwater Revival (CCR) started a four-week run at number one on the U.S. album chart with "Green River," the group's first U.S. chart topper. In 1970, U.S. singer Janis Joplin uh, was found dead at the Landmark Hotel, um, Landmark, excuse me, Landmark Hotel Hollywood after an accidental heroin overdose. Uh, Joplin had the posthumous 1971 U.S. number one single, Me and Bobby McGee, and the uh, 1971 U.S. number one album, Pearl. She was known as the queen of psychedelic soul and as Pearl to her friends. Joplin remains one of the top-selling musicians of the United States with over 15.5 million albums sold in the U.S. in the U.S.A. Um, also, if you want to hear more about Janis Joplin, we featured her in our 27 Club uh, episode that we did a little while back. So go check that out. Um, in 1975, Pink Floyd went to number one on the UK album chart with Wish You Were Here. The album featured a tribute to X-Band member Sid Barrett, um, Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Uh, it also number one in the US for, um, uh, for one of the... Uh, excuse me, it was also number one in the U.S. For one of the shots of the album's cover, two stuntmen were used, Danny Rogers and Ronnie Rondell, who were dressed in a uh, fire retardant suit covered by a business suit. Initially, the wind was blowing in the wrong direction, and the flames were forced into Rondell's face, um, burning his mustache, unfortunately, sadly. Uh, (laughs) The two stuntmen changed uh, positions, and the image was later reversed. Um, very iconic album cover. Um, but uh, in 1978, country singer uh, Ta- excuse me, Tammy Wynette was abducted, beaten, and held in her car for two hours by a kidnapper wearing a ski mask. He held a gun on her, uh, held a gun on her, and forced her to drive 90 miles from Nashville, Tennessee. She was later released, and the kidnapper the kidnapper escaped. I don't know if they ever found him. Let that be on your conscience tonight as you go to sleep. 
1980, Queen started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Another One Bites the Dust. In 1982, the Smiths made, I love the Smiths, made their live debut at the Ritz in Manchester, England, supporting Blue Rondo a la Turk. In 1999, it was reported that the sister of Jimi Hendrix, this is this is creepy, uh, this is perfect for a Halloween episode, uh, it was reported that the sister of Jimi Hendrix was planning to exhume her brother's body and move it to a pay-to-view mausoleum. <laughs> uh, other, pa- other plans for the new site included a chance for fans to buy one of the burial plots around the guitarist's new resting place. That's weird. In 2006, former R. Kelly employee who claimed to have been a mentor and guide to Kelly uh, since he was a teenager, Henry Vaughn, filed a lawsuit against the singer accusing him of assault, false imprisonment, and a breach of contract that defrauded him of songwriting royalties. Um, Vaughn also claimed that Kelly and his associates dragged him into the basement um, at Kelly's Olympia Fields home and repeatedly struck him about the face and body with his fists. R. Kelly is not a good person. In 2019, the Beatles' Abbey Road returned to number one in the U.K., 50 years after it first uh, topped the album charts after the release of an expanded anniversary edition. The, uh, the feat was also, um, excuse me, the feat also sees the album as a, uh, set a record, the gap of 49 years and 252 days since the initial chart topping run ended in the early 1970s. Uh, and is the, it is the longest gap, uh, before returning to number one. So that's pretty incredible. You had an album that came out forever ago has basically just kind of dropped off other than the hardcore fans that still listen to it somehow made its way back onto the uh charts into the charts it's, it's incredible that's the beatles though that's the power of the beatles and they made their way back into this day of music when you when, just when you thought you were out they pull you they right, right in right. pull you right back in yeah that's so that was that was uh today's this day in music wow that's exactly what i want my 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 uh mexican to do uh don't bury me just <laughs> stuff me body. full of stuff and and Hang me up in a mausoleum or a museum or whatever. Yeah, that's that's, that's a borderline psycho right there. Also, if you want to learn more about uh, Jimi Hendrix, we also featured him in in our 27 Club uh, episode. So there was a lot of a lot of good artists in the 27. Janis Joplin was in our 27 Club. Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Um, Jim Morrison, yeah, uh, from the Doors. I mean, the list goes on. There was a lot of great Kurt Cobain. We lost all kind of musicians at the age of 27, tragically young. Um, But uh, what a bummer of an episode. We're not going to talk about that today. Um, I'm tired of being bummed out. Yeah, there Um, we go. I want to be happy, and you know how you know it makes me happy. Halloween makes me happy. Um, You know what also makes me happy? Music. Music makes me happy. You know what also makes me happy? Horror punk. Horror punk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got a misfit shirt right now. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Um, I'm back up for a minute. Back up. Back up. Put it over. No, no, no. Oh, you back up. You, oh. you back up your whole body right now. Oh, my whole body yeah. needs to back up. Yeah. No, no, no. Put it in first, Terry. No. What I'm asking you is, what shirt are you? What which which shirt are you wearing? Because oh, I can't see it. This is uh this is my um die die my darling okay yeah uh, misfit shirt so I think I, I think really, I I think I have that record you know yeah it it's I I would love to have a, a copy of, of this one it's um this album cover is pretty iconic too with yeah. the uh you know, it kind of looks like Marilyn Monroe but they right. hold up the the glass and it's just her it's like half of her face is like a skeleton 
being mm. seen through the glass. Really cool, really cool imagery, iconic imagery for the really, Misfits. So. Really Halloween-y kind of. Very Halloween-y. Uh, that's why I yeah, get yeah. myself right there in the mood, right? And I wore uh, a Gorefish shirt cool. that's Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse shirt. Okay. So that's kind of Halloween, but that, yeah, but yeah, that it's is because it's zombie imagery. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, they're frightening, but they're also very nice. They are. They're, yeah. Very big well, sweethearts. Once a, once a, once a farmer, the drummer is a is farmer. It, is he really a farmer? Yeah. Okay. He's got pigs, okay. He's got pigs really and cool. cows and stuff. Well, yeah, man. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, never. <laughs> yeah. So, so, to review, horror punk, uh, also known as horror rock, is a music genre. Um, that mixes proto-gothic and punk rock sounds with morbid and violent imagery and lyrics, which are often influenced by horror films and science fiction B-movies. Uh, the genre is similar to and sometimes overlaps with death rock, um, although death rock leans more towards an atmospheric gothic rock sound, while horror punk leans towards a 1950s-influenced uh, doo-wop and rockabilly sound, which I think makes it more fun. Um, horror punk music is typically more aggressive and melodic than death rock, um, but many many acts employ a tongue-in-cheek, humorous, and satirical approach to the genre. We're going to talk about that today, um, especially whenever we get to Wednesday 13, um, because like <laughs> that dude just takes... It, it's like someone gave him the hint of like, hey, you know, if you're going to be in this thing, like, you know, your song titles, you want to make them catchy, you know, and you want them to be clever. You want to fit in with the whole horror movie thing. And he was just like, okay, and just went with it and uh, turned out some really, really inch. I'll, I'll read whenever we get to him, I'll read through some of his song titles that he's got on Spotify. They're pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so this is this is horror punk part two. Um, if you remember last year, we did uh, a horror punk episode for a Halloween, the month of Halloween, and um, we covered a lot of great bands. Um, we covered Sawin or Samhain, however you want to pronounce it. Um, Nimvind, Blitzkid, uh, listened to a lot of Blitzkid today. Um, the other great German horror punk band. Um, and also we covered Calibris, who at the time James had never heard of until I introduced him. Now look at him. He's buying their albums and buying um, all their stuff, <laughs> buying all their stuff. Um, and then we actually had the drummer of Calabrese, Davey Calabrese on the show for an interview as part of a bonus Halloween episode last year, um, which is also available on our YouTube. You can go check out. And um, hold on. And I think you are getting in contact with him again for this I'm year. I'm trying. Yep. Trying to get in, in contact with Davey. Um, they're pretty busy these days. They've got uh, new music that they're working on, and they actually have a podcast of their own. Right. Um, Which is great. That they've been yeah. doing, too. So, yeah, it is great. They they interview a lot of great horror punk, uh, goth rock bands. Um, so, they, they stay pretty busy, but we would love to have Davey back on the show. So, Davey, if you're listening... Hit me up, man. Let's get you back on. There you go. Um, and if you guys are wondering, all you horror punk fans that are like, well, are you guys going to talk about the Misfits? Dude, we already talked about the Misfits, okay? Episode 55. Go back and listen to that. Right. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I'm wearing a Misfits shirt, so doesn't that, that count for anything? That counts for everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, we've got we've got um, five new um, artists and bands that we're going to talk about today. There's actually three, like, solo acts that we're going to talk about today which i don't think they'd get um like solo acts in this genre especially get a lot of recognition but they're some of the best in the biz man um and uh i'm excited to talk about these wonderful bands today so um james you want to kick us off with our first one 
Coffin Cats. That's K-O-F-F-I-N-K-A-T-S for anybody who cares about spelling. Yeah, they spell everything with a K. Okay, it's good. You know, that, yeah. that, that makes them stand out, you know? Okay, so. Yeah. So the Coffee Cats are a psychobilly horror punk trio from Detroit, Michigan. These in the swing of classic rockabilly, which we talked about earlier in our in a rockabilly episode. Yeah. Um, with the hot wired energy and ghoulish imagery of misses. Uh, this band proves to uh, this proves that high octane psychobilly is still alive and kicking in the American Midwest. Coffee Cats were formed in 2003 by lead singer and upright bassist Vic Victor and guitarist and vocalist Tommy Coffin, mm-hmm. who has been part of the Motor City, Motor City punk scene for some time before uh, trying their hands at a doomstruck twang of their uh, punk rockability fusion. The band has had an, a number of drummers come and go uh, over the years, with Damien Detroit having the longest run from 2003 to 2005. Wow, just two years. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, what is named Catch, a.k.a. The Other Goat, and mm. E-Ball Walls, who played with the Cats for a spell in, two, in 2003. I wonder if that's his, um, if that's his given name. E-ball walls? Yeah, we'll see if we can get him on. We'll find out for sure. <laughs> how much of a, how much of a, like, his parents, well, if it is, his parents most used to do a lot I bet of so drugs. Proud. I know. I bet they're so proud. But, <laughs> but he rejoined the lineup in 2007. So that's good for him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the trio released their first album simply titled Coffin Cats mm-hmm. in 2004. And hit the road in support of the record. Uh, since then, the Coffin Cats have maintained a busy tour schedule, frequently gigging on the West Coast and well as well as closer to home, and have released three more long players: 2005's Inhumane, 2006 uh, Strain from the Pack, and 2008's Drunk in the Daylight, which is never good to be. No. Don't ask me how I know. True words never been spoken. And in October of two of twenty oh nine, released "Forever for Hire." In early twenty ten, saw the departure of guitarist Tommy Coffin, and he was replaced by Easy Ian. I wonder if that's his real name too. I wonder if he's related to Easy E. Mm, he might probably be. not. Probably not. <laughs> probably. But you never. But you never know. Hey, you never know with these this, days, right? Yeah, you never know in this wacky, wacky world. <laughs> in this economy? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Coffin Cats signed with Sailor's Grave Records in late 2011 and released Our Way and The Highway in January 2012. The trio supported their sixth studio album release with nonstop international touring, finally ending in summer of 2013. In autumn of the same year, uh, they released another full-length album with uh, Sailor Grave Records, uh, Born of the Murder. Uh, sales and reviews have proven a uh, successful release to date. Early 2014 uh, brought another change to the Coffee Cats member roster. Ian Gerald 
uh, left the band to handle personal business at home in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Not wanting to bring someone too far removed from the Coffee Cats uh, family into the, into the fold, Vic and Eric enlisted Johnny K on the guitar. Johnny was the engineer on numerous recording sessions for the group and producer of both Drunken in Daylight and Born of the Motor. The Coffee Cats now move forward uh, doing what they do best, keeping live music alive. Literally. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, that was good. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the Coffin Cats are great, man. I, I discovered them on a, um, it was, I believe it was Pandora. Uh, just I was listening to a Calabrese uh, Pandora station one year, just kind of gearing up for Halloween and trying to get, kind of, kind of get in the mood. And um, they kept popping up over and over and over again uh, between sleep and uh coffin cat rock they were just great and they had that you know uh, you could hear the upright bass for the psychobilly thing and um it just blended so well with the rest of the stuff i was listening to and i just kind of dove into them more and more and more and i was like my lord these are these are great right these guys are great um and uh i had never heard of them so uh, and maybe you guys have never heard of them if you're into this kind of thing. You're, even if you're into like rockabilly, um, there and you're not into the whole horror punk thing, they're still a great rockabilly band. Even if you don't want to categorize them with the horror punk thing, but um, yeah. So uh, please check them out. Remember that they are they do spell their name with K's. K's. So you Coffin may be confused if, you, if yeah. you're right. So forget everything that you were taught in grade school and uh, spell the spell their name with a K. This is the correct spelling of coffin. With a K. And correct is even spelled with a K. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm going to fully commit. Gullible is done in the dictionary, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> be, be All aware. right. Well, let's, um, let's move on uh, to Wednesday 13. Now, as mentioned before, this guy has wonderful, wonderful song titles. We're not going to read the song titles yet, though, because there's, there's a lot we have to cover with Wednesday 13 okay. um, because the the musician himself Joseph Michael Poole has been involved in so many different horror punk and horror rock goth rock whatever you want to call it acts of, of all kinds and they all kind of led to this Wednesday 13 persona right so we, we it's it, it, it it, it needs to be discussed. So we're going to do that. We're going to just kind of briefly run through all that. So Wednesday 13, Joseph Michael Poole, born August 12th in 1976, um, is an American singer and musician uh, best known by his stage name, Wednesday 13. As well as his solo career, he is the front man of the Murder Dolls um, and has also played in several other bands, including Maniac Spider Trash, uh, <laughs> Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13, um, Bourbon Crow and Gunfire seventy six, cool band names, right? Um, well, but, I, well, like I said before, I don't know. If, I, I I don't know. If Ma- Maniac Spider Trash is a cool name. It's it may not be the coolest of names, but it definitely fits. It, it fits the mold of uh, now, who this guy is, right? Now Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet Thirteen is is. Uh, that's pretty neat. That's pretty unique. Right. Yeah. 
But like I said before, before we before we get to Wednesday 13's career, we're going to have to go through Joseph Michael Michael Poole's musical career leading up to that solo. Okay. Um, so let's start with Psycho Opera and Maniac Spider Trash. So Poole's musical began uh, musical career began in 1992 whenever he played guitar in the band Misery, spelled with a Z. Like I said, grade school out the window, um, which later became Psycho Opera with Abby Normal. What a great um, on guitar, Jeff Washam on the drums, Michael Patrick on guitar, on bass guitar, excuse me, and Todd Cage um, on the lead vocals. Poole left the band, uh, excuse me, to form Maniac Spider Trash as lead vocalist with uh, Abby Normal on the guitar and Patrick on the bass guitar, joined by Sicko Zero on drums. Poole fronted the band from 1992 to 1996. The band released one EP, Dumpster Mummies, on Dead Hell Records in 1994 and um, an album, Murder Happy Fairy Tales, was recorded in 1995, but not released until October 5th of 2010. Moving on to Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13. Poole went on to form the Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13, which included Normal and Zero. Uh, the band had several different guitarists, bass guitarists, and drummers over the years, leaving Poole as the only original drum um, member. Excuse me. He wrote and produced every album by Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13. Between 1996 and 2002, Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13, I'm just going to start shortening that, um, released five studio albums and six EPs with various members. They appeared on tribute albums for Alice Cooper and Sweet. Um, That's pretty cool. Zero was the last member to leave. Shortly after, Poole formed another lineup before joining the Murder Murder Dolls in uh, 2002. Uh, almost did what you did, twenty oh two. Uh in May of two thousand six, the band that's your thing though. I'm gonna let I that's hey, your man, thing. You, I'm gonna let you have that. You, you can have that too. <laughs> you, nope, you coined okay. it. I'm gonna let you that's all you Okay, all right, I guess in uh in May of two thousand six, the band announced a reunion, which was followed by a tour with Alice Cooper, um, and a box set of the band's complete discography entitled Little Box of Horrors. Uh this lineup had zero on drums and normal on bass guitar. <laughs> Uh, the band broke up once again shortly after the box set was released. Now let's move on to the Murder Dolls, which is probably the more known of the. If you knew Wednesday Thirteen, you knew where he come where he came from was the Murder Dolls. Oh, um, okay, what so, you may not know is this next member that I'm about to discuss. And I do know it, that's you how I, that. that that's how I knew of of the Myrtle Dolls is because of this because thing. of this guy, right? right yeah, yeah. So R.I.P. Pool was contracted um, by Joey Jordison, R.I.P. Uh, drummer of Slipknot, yeah. um, and was asked to uh, join his new horror punk band, the Murder Dolls. Um, originally formed as a collaboration between uh, Jordison and Trip Eisen of Static X and Dope. Isn't yes. that cool? Yes. Um, Poole became the driving force of the band after he was moved from bass guitar to lead vocals. Murder Dolls released one EP in 2002, Right to, Mer- right to Remain Violent, mm. um, to promote a forthcoming album the same year, Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls. Most of the band's, uh, mo- excuse me, most of the songs on the album were re-recorded versions of songs by Poole's previous band, Frankenstein Drag Queens, from Planet 13. Uh, screw it. I haven't shortened it. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. Okay. The, the two singles uh, were released from the album, including a cover of Billy Idol's White Wedding. Uh, the album released, um, excuse me, reached number, excuse me, number 40 on the UK album chart. The Murder Dolls played their last show on January 17th of 2004. After this, they broke up with Jordison returning to Slipknot. 
Um, both Poole and Jordison maintained that the band did not split up for good and that they would one day return to record an album in the future. And then in the future came. So in March of 2010, Joe Jordanson told Kerrang! Magazine that Murder Dolls had reunited um, to work with the producer Chris Harris. Jordanson said, quote, It's been an ongoing conversation between Wednesday and I from 2006 until now. We were both uh, bored with everything out there, and we thought um, we had something to piss people off and shake things up. Everything is such a product um, or a formula these days. I hate a formula, hate the norm, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so the Murder Dolls released their second album, Women and Children Last, on August 31st of 2010. In March of 2013, Wednesday 13 announced in an interview that the Murder Dolls had split up for good in 2011. So okay. Murder Dolls are no more. Sidebar. Do you, yes. do you know where they got the Women and Children Last album name from? Uh, no, I don't. Mm-mm. Okay, so so Jordanson was a very very uh, big fan of uh, of Van Halen, and okay. I think one of their albums was "Women and Children First. It was, yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they just flipped it. Gotcha. Yeah, right. It's last now, yeah. So, okay, okay, that yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So finally, we get to Wednesday thirteen. Right. Um, so after the Murder Dolls broke up in two thousand four. Poole went on a solo solo tour of the United States, excuse me, of the United Kingdom in March, uh, called the Graveyard A Go Go Tour. For his live performances, he was joined by members of the horror punk band Death Becomes You, though this was not meant to be permanent. Hmm. Poole returned to North Carolina in June of 2004 and began to put together a more permanent band with whom he would perform under the the Wednesday 13 name. He brought in the former Frankenstein Drag Queens member Icky. On guitar, the band is heavily influenced by Kiss and Alice Cooper, while not straying from uh, far from Poole's previous horror punk pro- uh, projects. In, in September of 2004, Icky was replaced by Matt Montgomery. Um, Wednesday 13 toured Europe in uh, November of 2004 on the Look What the Bats Dragged In tour. Um, some of the dates were supported by the English rockers Viking Skull. Mm. Um, in 2005, after touring, Poole released his first album, Transylvania 90210, uh, <laughs> and made a music video for the track "I Walked with a Zombie," depicting the band uh, the band members in a in footage from the original Night of the Living Dead horror movie. That's cool. Uh, Poole left Roadrunner Records before signing a new deal with Microdisc, <laughs> with whom he released Fang Bang on September 12th of 2006. Skeletons was released on, in the U.S. on April 29th of 2008, available exclusively through Hot Topic locations. Could you get any more horror punk than Hot Topic? No. Uh, <laughs> um, on November 14th of 2008, Poole released his first live album, F It, We'll Do It Live. Uh, the CD mm-hmm. DVD package was recorded in 2008 at Crocodile Rock in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, Wednesday 13 released it exclusively again through Hot Topic, just as he had for Skeletons. A two-track digital download eg- entitled Xanesty was released in t- uh, on December 24th, 2010, Merry Christmas, through iTunes. During May of 2011, Poole released a remix album slash EP titled Reanimated and announced that a portion of all sales for the first month would be donated to the American Red Cross. That's very sweet. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday of July 13th, <laughs> Wednesday 13th, yeah, uh, Wednesday released yeah. the track listing for Calling All Corpses via uh, Brave Words. The album was released on October 11th 
in the U.S. on October 10th elsewhere. He released his fifth album, The Dixie Dead, on February 19th of 2013, and then his sixth album, Monsters of the Universe, come out in Plague. Plague. Pla- uh, like we, plague. Uh, uh, we get right, it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, on I see what you did there. <laughs> on January 12th of 2015. Um, his seventh album, Condolences, was released on June 2nd of 2017 after signing with Nuclear Blast. What a wonderful record label, too. Right, yeah. Um, but he's also made a few film and television appearances over the years, such as That Metal Show, which is a great, great, great show. I miss... Uh, is it still around? Do you remember That Metal Show? With uh, Eddie Trump? You can find that on YouTube, but I don't think it's on the air anymore. Okay. Yeah. I used to watch it all the time on yeah. VH1. I thought it was great. Eddie Trunk's a great host. Yeah. Um, and it's, oddly enough, he was actually featured in Dawson's Creek, as well uh and if you're wondering it was season six episode six living dead girl i believe wednesday 13 is like there's like a halloween party going on and he's like the band that's playing which was a thing to do in the 90s right so you know the misfits were actually featured in in movies like that they were just like the the band the obscure band that's playing in the background background. yeah yeah Yeah. kind of like cannibal Um, course was in in ace ventura in Ace Ventura, yeah, right? Yeah, which yeah. is weird. Um, I want to read you some of these some of these song titles. I don't think I can read uh, on the podcast, but I, I can edit it. Uh, some of these. I'm just, I'm just, I'm on their Spotify. Okay. Like the, this is the the this is Wednesday thirteen playlist. Um, so let's see what we got here. Uh, I walked with a zombie, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, my home sweet homicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, look what the bats dragged in. Happily Ever Cadaver. Uh, let's see. Um, rot for Me. Um, kill You Before You Kill Me. Get Your Grave On. Uh, <laughs> some of these are just amazing. Um, from Here to the Hearse. Ghoul of My Dreams. Till Death Do Us Party. Uh, gimme Gimme Bloodshed. Um, Silver Bullets is personally my favorite song. Um, but uh, Morgue Than Words uh, and so on and so forth so Wednesday 13 I guess you're doing it right you you took the whole horror punk thing and you kind of <laughs> encapsulated it Engulfed into it. like I mean, it's a, a, the most obscure song titles and I think that's fun yeah. I do yeah. I do think it's fun I think, it, I think it adds a little bit of extra like the imagery isn't enough like just make your song titles catchy and uh I, horror filled as well I, I i did see one of his videos i can't remember the song on youtube and he dresses up he puts skull makeup on correct yeah he's yeah. He, do, he does like a really good job with his yeah. uh makeup that he and he has he like on. a top hat and everything he's really i mean if if he comes around here sometime i'm i'm definitely gonna go see him to, just for oh, it would be yeah it would be a just, cool show to go to just for no your but yeah. here's a here's a unique thing that I found out. He was on uh, John John Galvacon's right now YouTube channel. He was, really? He was on episode two. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And John asked him what his name was, and he said Wednesday Thirteen, right? Like you like, like you know because that's the name. And John sure. says, "Why not Thursday?" And he was like, <laughs> "I don't." What? Thursday. <laughs> I'm like oh, Thursday Seventeen. Why not Thursday Seventeen? <laughs> I mean, it's great. You gotta watch it, dude. I'm, I'm gonna oh, have to yes. send it to you. 
Send um, me the link. That's yeah. a, that sounds hilarious. But I didn't... wish I could have been on the episode where you interviewed John Gobblecon. Actually, uh-huh. oh, 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 so so good news on that part. Okay. I, I interviewed the guitarist Alex, and John, oh, okay, okay, and, and John, See, was, and John right. left him a message that I played for him. We, nah, okay, that's right. We are going to interview him because I just talked to him about uh, like a week and a half ago, and he says he has some some videos to, to record for right now. Okay. But he says he will come on our show very, very soon. I want, and to, I want to be on the episode. I want you, to talk to you him. You got him. Yes, yes. We will get I you on. I want him to rip me apart. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he sort of did when he left the message. He said, James, you're doing a good, a great job. Other, the other guy, eh, well, you know. <laughs> so he, he kind of clowned you, dude. You know? I know. He kind of he kind clowned you. Yeah, I know, right? He's a, he's, a, he's a great little goblin. We love yeah. him. We love John. What a, cute, what a cute little goblin. That's right. That's right. um, uh, so, for any of you who are watching this on YouTube, um, to remind you again, uh, Blake has a shirt that says Misfits, and one of the all-time greatest guitarists that I think it is, it's Doyle. Okay. Doyle. Yes. Doyle is scary. Not only is he scary, he doesn't want to be interviewed. <laughs> no. And I'm still kind of... Mm. What did what did Davey say? He's cheeky. I don't know. Yes, he's he's cheeky. I don't know what he cheeky said he's means. Cheeky. So Doyle is cheeky. Maybe he's referring to Doyle's uh, ridiculously high cheekbones. Uh, maybe that's mm. the skull makeup that he puts on his face. I think that's. I don't know. Doyle does scare me. I do love the guy. I think he's a great guitarist, but he frightens me. Um, you know why? He's vegan. He's a, he has, he's a very large vegan man, and I would feel like if I if I happened to be eating a hot dog or a hamburger in front of him, he would probably just pop my head like a pimple. So um, have to be really careful about that. You know how you know why he scares you? Because because the guy has like eighteen abs. He doesn't have he six does. pack. He doesn't have and six pack. He, he doesn't like have an eight pack. He's got like yeah. eighteen pack. You know. Yeah, and he's like eight feet tall. Guys shredded. Um, I actually full of muscle. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so he has uh, two bands. Um, besides the ministry, he has Gorgeous Frankenstein and, and the band called Doyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about Gorgeous Frankenstein first, because that yeah. that was his first band. First band. Uh, okay, so Gorgeous Frankenstein was an American horror punk heavy metal band formed in 2005 in New Jersey by Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. I wonder how he came up with that name. I don't know, but I will tell you this: he takes the cake for a stage name. Yeah, he's um, that is the coolest stage name that there has ever been. And Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Have you ever seen him come out like when, like like when he introduced? He doesn't walk out; he stomps out. He stomps, and he's yeah. like dun, Doyle dun, does this thing. Dun, One dun. thing I've always loved about Doyle is like, watch. You can really yeah. see it in. The old Misfits footage, but especially in the '90s version of the Misfits, yeah. like the just go look up the dig up her bones, her uh, dig up her bones videos. The way he plays guitar, it looks like he's punching the guitar. Yeah, and it, I think that's what scares me a little bit more too, is because like I just envision myself eating a hamburger in front of Doyle and his giant vegan self coming up to me and just punching me in the head mm. like yeah. that. Yeah, um, and. uh it's, it frightens me. But this is a Halloween episode, so that yeah. I guess it works. So, right. <laughs> so, so his full name was Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. 
and his former wife and ex-professor records wrestler, not records, wrestler Stephanie Millers, aka Gorgeous George. Do you remember? Because she used I to do. Work. Yeah, she, she vaguely, to, but yes, I do. She used to come out with um, Macho Man in the, in the WCW days, I think. Uh huh. So, yeah. well, they've always. Uh, do you remember in the nineties whenever the nineties the version of the Misfits like yeah. showed up on was w- it WCW? Yeah. Yeah, and they poured the barbecue sauce all over the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was back when they had they, they had Michael Graves as a, as a singer. Michael Graves is in yeah. the band. There's a great uh, there's a great music podcast out there called um, No Dogs in Space, right? And they did a two parter on the Misfits, and that whole part they talked about that whole part where that whole scenario whenever the Misfits were featured on WCW and the whole barbecue sauce thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, go listen to that. It is hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> Where am I? Okay. In uh, 2005, Doyle uh, left New Jersey for Las Vegas and began auditioning members for his, for his own band, Gorgeous Rigenstein. That's a great name. Yeah. The same year, he appeared on stage with Danzig numerous times throughout their tour and lead vocalist Glenn Danzig offered to produce Gorgeous Frankenstein, uh, first infamous album on his le- his record label, Evil Live. So, for those of you who don't know, Glenn Danzig was the original singer of the Misfits. Yes. So it was a big deal for them to get back together oh, and yeah. um and reunite. Uh, it was like the first little glimpse of a reunion between the original Misfits, which is something that people were screaming for for decades, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in 2006, Doyle and Danzig had recruited bassist Argyle Goolsby, lead vocalist of Blitz Kid, which mm-hmm. Blake loves. Yeah, and, we talked about him in our first episode. Yeah, and hired British comic book artist. Sam by Sam Beisley? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Almost like Brosley. Uh, Almost like Brosley. <laughs> to do the cover artwork, um, Beisley previously published some of his works at, at Vero Tick, uh, Dan Ziggs' mature-themed comic book company. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so the musical arrangements of the band's debut album were complete, completed before uh, July 2007, but Doyle did not yet find a vocalist uh, for the band. He finally recruited vocalist London Blood for the recordings of the album, an ex-Blitz Kid drummer, uh, Jesco Devlance. Devlance? Yeah, yeah, I think that's how you say it. I think his real name is Andrew Stipes Winter, correct? Yeah, that's his real name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, his, his parents never was Devlance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so later... Right, yeah. Okay, so later in 2007, uh, Gorgeous Frankenstein played their first tour opening for Danzig. Uh, this lineup included Ar- Ar- Argyle Gooseby, who also acted as a lead vocalist since London Blood led the band, and Dr. Chud on Dr. bass. Dr. Chud, on, man. On yeah, drums, for, not bass. On drums, yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Chud was the drummer of the Misfits in the 90s era. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably the best, the best uh, um, version it's of the Mister Taper. Yeah, it's Mine my too. favorite. It's controversial for me to say that, but it it, it is. I yeah. and and I'll I'll tell you why. You know, we you talk about those no skip um, records. Yeah, 
American Psycho and Famous Monsters is a no. Both of those are no skip records. There is not a single song I can I can skip past. There's a handful mm-hmm. of the the ones from the Danzig era. Yeah, can't skip any of them from the Graves era. Controversial go. as he may be, yeah. and we'll get into all that later. That is my favorite rend- rendition of the. Oh, or, yeah. excuse me, favorite version of the Misfits was the the '90s era with Doctor Chud on drum. I thought Doctor Chud was an amazing drummer too. Right. So Stephanie Bellers, uh, a.k.a. Gorgeous Jordan WCW, was part of the, the show as a dancer. Uh, Doyle began uh, to auditioning, audition for a singer for the band and recruited Cancer Slicks from an Alex Story. Alex Story, okay, so Cancer I've, I've never heard of Cancer Slug until I, I, I ran into to, to the band Doyle. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm afraid to interview him because... Every other word is the word F, <laughs> and I'm so well, afraid I, that I I I I I I I would just get um tired of editing. editing the whole it. episode would be nothing but a bunch of beeps, is what right. you're saying. It'd be like us talking normally, and he was like F F F. But I really do want to interview him because he's he's a great singer, you know. Yeah, and I recently got into Cancer Slug. Um, I was never. I had heard of them, but I just wasn't aware. But it was because of Spotify and the horror punk playlist that you come across. That right. there's there's a few that popped up that I was like, these are pretty good. Yeah, so. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Alex was a great singer too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 2012, following Alex Story's suggestion, uh, Doyle decided to abandon Gorgeous Frankenstein and go forward with a new pro- new band project, infamously named Doyle. Doyle. As he explains, I would pay a show out. No, I'm sorry. I would play a show and people would come and say, oh, I didn't even know you had a band. <laughs> like when I was open, would open for dancing, my singer Alex Story uh, suggested to me uh, that we would change the name because it was the most recognizable part of the band. And I said, okay. And it was, you know, because everybody... Yeah. If if you're into music, especially punk, Doyle has got to be the the most forefront name ever, you know. Yeah, because he's such in a big band like the Misfits, and you know, I mean, he's well, a big guy too. Well, so you, you like can't this. really miss so, him. So the Misfits set the standard for horror punk, right? So you have your imagery, you have your um your your theming of your songs, and um all that right so every every horror punk band goes back to the misfits because they were the influential ones they were the ones that started this whole thing um and one of the things that they did was they they came up with these cool stage names right danzig like that's that sticks out to you doyle wolfgang von frankenstein um jerry only dr chud michael graves Bobby Steele, right. uh, the list goes on, you know, uh, Robo, you know, so like they Robo. all had these cool names. Misfits always had these cool names, dude. <laughs> so that is, that's what people know them by. So, you know, all Danzig had to do, yeah, he started a band Sawin, but I, or Sam Hain or however you want to pronounce it, but they, I mean, all the underground people were really into that because it was the people who followed them so closely. But casual fans, whenever Danzig went solo and it was just Danzig and you got that right. cool like skull thing the on awesome the front man, yeah. and just the words Danzig up top yeah. that draws you in. So yeah, I'm sure Alex story went to him and was like, you got this cool band name. Gorgeous Frankenstein is a cool band name. 
But what if it was just Doyle? Doyle. Oh my and god. And it worked. Yeah. And it, it worked did. beautifully. Yeah. So the following year, I, th- this was 20, uh, 2012 when you mentioned it. So mm-hmm. the following year in 2013, Doyle, the band, would record a debut album entitled Abominator. And Abominator. I had, and I do have that record. You do? Yeah. And the best yep. and the best song ever from that album was Dreaming Dead Girls. Mm. That's awesome. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. So uh along with these two founding members, um, you know, Doyle and Story, uh, the group's first lineup would be would include Dr. Chud, X Misfits, Michael Grace era, and bassist left hand Graham, X Grace and Gorgeous Frankenstein. Yeah, this is this is something we see a lot with these bands too. Is it's like the same revolving band members. They're all in each other's bands, man, and that that's only going to continue as we keep going through through these bands. So I feel like that would be the best thing to do for the bands because I mean, when you play with people, you don't want to, especially if they're good and if they're friends, why not? Yeah, right? and and most of the time when a band dissolves, mm-hmm. very rarely is it every single member hates each other. Like most of the time, they're just like. Uh, the band broke up because of you know x y and z but i love playing with so and so and some people are even like you hear about package deals with bands a lot where they're like i'll join your band but only if he gets to join it too right that's the only way he'll get me um and you know dr chud doyle stayed like super close doyle and danzig are now like really really close so um you know we, we it they they tend to all kind of play together dr chud and michael graves were really yeah. really close and they they played in each other's bands a good bit so um That's by true. the way dr chud also had his own solo project um i don't know if they're in the notes here but um he some... had a solo project called dr chud's x ward yes uh, X so, yeah. you know same thing he took that same thing he's like well i was known for my cool stage name i'm gonna incorporate it into my solo project so. and it worked and it and worked, worked. yep so in twenty in twenty fourteen, Doctor Chud uh, led the band shortly after Doyle's first Annihilate America tour, and mm-hmm. replaced by Anthony Tiny Buzio, mm-hmm. former drummer of TSOI, the Dickies. What? TSOL. Um, oh, that, okay. I don't know what that stands for, but that is the band's name. Okay. Um, when it pops up on Spotify for these playlists too, mm-hmm. it's labeled as TSOL. I'll have to look up and see what that means. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. so Anthony was part of the the Dickies and Head the Plan- Dickies, yeah, right. and Head Planet Earth, which is a great band. Mm-hmm. So, is that what the PE stands for in Head PE? Yeah, Planet Earth. I had no, I had no idea. I've always just referred to them as Head PE, and I didn't know what the PE stood for. Now I know. Gosh, you learn something new every day. Every day, man. Music is great, right? Yeah. Planet <laughs> Earth, man. Planet Earth, right? Had no idea. Yeah. So shortly after, ti- a- after a Tiny uh, stated that he would no longer be playing with the band oh, and would not continue on the remainder of the tour. He was replaced by drummer Brandon Pritzborn. Pritzborn. Pritzborn, mm-hmm. which played the Black Flag from 2014 to 2016. Black Flag, uh, Black Flag amazing fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just before hitting the road for the Abominated Tour 2015 in March. Mm-hmm. In March and April of 2015, the band's tour as an opener act with Dope um, for Mushroomhead 
with with headline and dates continuing after into May. During this tour, bassist left left hand Graham was replaced by uh, Dietrich Thrall. Thrall. Uh, where did he get these names from, man? Okay, so the current bassist is Brandon Strait, who also played with They Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the Abominator Tour 2015 was dubbed the Mad Monster Tour from September through October 2015 with special guest guitarist Rob John Five, which is mm-hmm. played in uh, Rob Zombie and played with X, he played in Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. who joined Doyle for a number of dates. Uh, for certain shows, the tour also featured a the Family Ruined Hatchet and Calabrese. Yeah. Oh my guy, Calabrese, Calabrese, Calabrese. Yeah. All right, so, um, so Doyle announced an upcoming album entitled "As We Die" for uh, "As We Die" for May 2017, um, which I do have that album too. Mm. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> uh, and in February 2017, the Abominate the World Tour was launched in Europe. Um. Which was called Abominator UK slash European Invasion Tour in support of the album Abominator. Uh, right, yes. So, <laughs> so when performing live, both Doy Wolf Game Von Frankenstein and Alex Story look like monsters from a vintage horror movie. Uh, Doyle remains faithful to his usual Frankenstein monster makeup, um, wearing his classic Misfits Devil Lock hairstyle, armbands. With the band with the band Skull logo instead of the Misfits Crimson Ghost logo, mm-hmm. which is strangely similar to um, the Misfits, but it's kind of yeah, they um, are very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a custom guitar strap with the inscription "Beast Mode" on the left shoulder. That's awesome. <laughs> Beast Mode, man. Yeah. Uh, so Alex, this Alex story describes as when he puts on that stage makeup. When he puts on that stage makeup on. Uh, that's like warping or something. It's like he's going into battle. He literally transforms himself. He just seems like an animal, like a monster. In the same, in the same way, Story, aka the Wolfman, wears large sideburns, and he often disguises himself as a werewolf, inspired by the late 1940s movie The Wolfman. Oh, it's great! Yes. I love it. I can't yeah. wait to watch it. Yeah, we, that's right. We, we've got um. We've got some access to some of those old, like, universal um, yeah. monster movies from, from back in the day. And uh, I've always loved The Wolfman. I just mm. always, 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 always loved The Wolfman. Dory Wolfgang appears on stage with his famous black sharp edge custom annihilator guitar from October Guitars. Our former bassist left hand. Graham also plays on on October Custom. Devil Wing bass guitar was a similar design, and he okay. So I heard that he only has that that guitar. He won't mass produce it out. Yeah, because because he made it himself, so he doesn't know any of the specs. And it's a scary guitar. It's a frightening guitar. It looks like a. Ba- I'm just as I'm just as intimidated by the man's <laughs> instrument yeah. as I am by the man who plays said instrument. Like, uh, like I bet if you just saw his guitar, you're like, "Oh my God, where is it right now? <laughs> How much so time pointy. do I have to get out of here?" Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so pointy. Yeah, it's 
very very sharp that's right so <laughs> that was doyle uh yeah yeah so cool um so let's move on to this band called aiden um which is a not as well-known band unless you're Unless you're one of those like emo kids, um, you probably remember the name Aiden. Um, they were a, an attempt to bring kind of horror punk slash hardcore, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, they were like they were like My Chemical Romance just turned up just a notch and a little bit more heavy with like some a little bit of breakdowns, a little bit more screaming in it and stuff. But it was the you know. They had a, they had similar styles, right? Um, I loved Aiden. I thought they were great, uh, and they they kind of fit. They were right there along with the whole like 2006 2007 explosion of like Victory Records bands. Whenever we cover or whenever we cover the story of Victory Records, Aiden will probably come up. Um, I figured I discovered them on one of those little sampler CDs that Victory used to give out. With you know, you buy a, a Day to Remember album and, and they send you a sampler CD of everybody else on the thing just listen to i used to love to get those i discovered a lot of bands that way and um but aiden i kind of gravitated towards because <laughs> i was into the whole horror punk thing and the misfits and yada 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 and um you know that's that's what they looked like to me so right um anyway so what uh aiden was an american punk rock band from seattle washington that formed in the spring of 2003 they achieved underground success during the mid to late 2000s with their classic lineup featuring vocalist William Francis, guitarist uh, Angel Ibarra, and Jake Wamp- uh, Wambold, bassist Nick Wiggins, and drummer Jake Davison. Aiden has been described as goth, goth punk, emo, horror punk, and post-hardcore. Um, Aiden's influences include uh, New Order, Joy Division, Bad Religion, Nirvana, The Misfits, No Effects, The Damned, and David Bowie. Aiden has been compared to the band AFI. Yeah, I'll give him that. Uh, that's a that's a safe comparison. Um, I think so too. Probably old AFI more so. Right. Um, but anyway, so the band formed in 2003 and is named after the character Aiden Keller of the 2002 film The Ring. Um, mm. <laughs> dude, that's just sp- that kid's just spooky, is what uh, Francis said of the character whose name is actually spelled Aiden with an A instead of an E-N, like A-N um, is the character's name. E-N is how the band spells her name. Right. Um, their first full-length album, Our Gang's Dark Oath, was released on Dead Teenager Records in 2004. It was recorded while Jake Davison and Angel Ibarra were still in high school and released shortly after they had they had left. Um, Our Gang's Dark Oath has some great songs on it, like a song called I Set My Friends on Fire, um, which also went on to be the inspiration for another one of those um oh we talked about him we totally covered i set my friends on fire on our um nintendo core episode yes yes so go way 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 back um so yeah um we did uh, the yeah we did Mm -hmm. later in 2005 the band was signed to victory records their second album and debut for victory records titled nightmare anatomy which is just pure gold was released on October 4th of 2005. The album peaked at number 196 on the Billboard 200, so just barely made it in there. Um, number 9 on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart, though, mm. and, in, and number 16 on the Billboard Independent Albums chart. The album has since become one of the band's most commercially and critically successful albums to date. It spawned three very successful singles, um, The Last Sunrise, Die Romantic, and Knife Blood Nightmare. 
the band's third studio album entitled Conviction was released on August 21st of 2007 and marks a complete change of style in the band's musical direction. This is where they completely flopped. Not so much of this horror punk. Still, okay. Not so much horror punk. That They kind of got into more of like a goth pop thing, I guess is the best way to describe it. There, there were still some good songs on it. Just wasn't like the last two albums. Right. Um, so the album received commercial success, peaking at number 54 on the Billboard 200 um, and at number five on the Independent Albums chart. The first single from Conviction, One Love, which is a great song, um, appears on uh, the it appears in the Resident Evil Extinction movie, um, and their song "We Sleep Forever" uh, is featured on the soundtrack of the motion picture Dead Silence. Dead Silence is one of the greatest like horror movies to come out in the last twenty years. I had um, to see because I never, I mean, I never even. It's heard good it. if you're not into like scary dolls and puppets and stuff. Oh no, I can't it do it. Would that. be your thing. I can't um, do it. But I thought it was great. Oh. Um, so, uh, on May 20th of 2008, the band announced on their website that Jake Wombled, uh, was no longer a member of Aiden. They played their first live show as a four piece, um, in Spokane, Washington on May 24th of 2008. Um, Francis has started a website and a, my, or excuse had started a, uh, website and a MySpace page for a side project, um, called William Control. Uh, William Control is a sort of alter ego, ego um, to Will, which is just spelled W-I capital L. The album consists of dark content lyric-wise, which uh, Will stated in a Kerrang! interview uh, did not suit Aiden. Aiden also appeared on the soundtrack to Lost Boys The Tribe with a cover of the theme song Cry Little Sister. Cry! Oh my god, that's the best yeah. cover! And it's good, man. They, they, do, they do great covers. They did a um, they did a cover of Die, Die, My Darling. Um, I believe it's on that same uh, EP that has We Sleep Forever on it. Right. Um, they also did a cover of um, uh, White Wedding. Um, we mentioned someone else that did a, a cover of White Wedding earlier, but they're, they're great with their cover songs, man. Yeah. Um, Aiden's fourth album, uh, full-length album, excuse me, entitled Knives, was released on May 12th of 2009. Um, the album peaked at number 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 ninety five on the Billboard two hundred, um, and at number twelve on the Independent Albums chart. On February second of two thousand eleven, Disguises was released. Um, uh, was released. Yes, there we go. Sorry, my notes kind of jumped jumped around on me a That's little fine. bit there. Uh, the first single was re- uh, released was Walk Among the Dead on iTunes. On May 9th of 2011, Aiden announced that drummer Jake Davison left the band for reasons of pursuing a new direction in life. Um, according to William in, in, in a blog on MySpace, Davison's departure and relationship with the band um, did not end badly. Aiden recruited Ryan Seaman, drummer of uh, Falling in Reverse, and headlined the Horror Nights Tour with Vampires Everywhere, Eyes Set to Kill, Dr. Acula, which is the greatest like <laughs> play on words, of, right? Dr. Acula right. is one of the greatest play on words for a band name that I've ever come across. I love Dr. Acula. Um, and also Get Scared, another great band, um, during the summer of 2011. <clears throat> excuse me. After a release, uh, excuse me, Aiden released their fifth studio album, Some Kind of Hate, on October 25th, 2011. Um, it was the last album um, released on Victory Records and the second Aiden album released. On, uh, in 2011 on january 1st of 2012 lead guitarist angela bar decided to leave the band um despite this the band partook in the something wicked this way comes tour 
that took them all over to U.S. West Coast in, in January of 2011 with Wednesday 13 and Modern Day Escape. Mm. After the end of the Something Wicked This Way Comes tour, Aiden went on a hiatus. Francis focused on William Control and his writing career, while Wiggins focused on his new band, Girl on Fire. In an interview with Under the Gun Review uh, in January of 2013, Francis stated that Aiden would disband after releasing one more album. Uh, the album was originally meant to be released in 2014, but ultimately was pushed back to the next year. Mm. On December 30th of 2014, Aiden broke their two-year silence by simply posting 2015 on their Facebook account, um, hinting at a possible reunion. On January 2nd, Francis posted on Facebook that a new Aiden album was in the works. He revealed that Nick Wiggins had left Aiden, uh, leaving him as the only remaining original member Wiggins was replaced by Kenneth Fletcher, a longtime member of William controls live band. Uh, and then in July, Francis stated that, that his desire to release the final Aiden album came as a free, uh, excuse me, as a, a free digital download with a planned release date of wait for it. October 31st. Ooh. Happy Halloween. <laughs> you sons of guns. That's right. The, uh, <laughs> in order to, uh, in order to fund the album, he auctioned off his old Aiden memorabilia including outfits he wore in Aiden music videos. Uh, he also revealed that the album would be a self-titled, uh, would be self-titled and would feature guest vocalists from Chris Motionless of Motionless and White, Craig Mabbitt of uh, Escape the Fate, and then Ashley Costello of New Year's Day. Um, Aiden played their final show on January 31st in the Camden Underworld. So that was Aiden. Like I said, great horror punk band kind of started out that post-hardcore scene as well. Um, toured on the Warp Tour a lot, got a lot of recognition with that. Toured with some really great Victory Records bands, was featured on everybody's samples. Um, but kind of just went downhill, and we didn't even get to it. But uh, the singer he kind of went through this like weird, like legal trouble for a minute there because he uh, there were some girls that like underage girls that he was involved with and he oh, was like no. yeah like no. grooming them and stuff yeah. you know oh. so it was kind of with this he was kind of like a weird creepy guy um and uh i don't I, I don't think they ever really recovered from that i think that put a lot of bad tastes in a lot of people's mouths so okay so uh, anyway i just want to tell you this before i moved on for a sure. long time this was my wake up alarm sound Do it. Cry little sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, it was cut. Yeah, it was cut okay. down a little okay, bit. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I heard the original one, but that song yeah. just just murders it. You know, I guess. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um. Yeah. So. Okay. So um, we're gonna do an honorable honorable mention. Here first before we get to the last thing that Blake will really bring us to, you know, bring us to light here. Bring it on home. Bring it on home. <laughs> so, uh, Plan Nine. Yeah. Okay. I I never heard of this man, so this was oh, uh, this you're was gonna awesome. love him. Okay, Trust great, me. great. So they were also influenced by the Misfits. Everybody was like, big time. Uh, so they were Puck Act. Plan Nine is their name. Uh, they have posted three songs from their sophomore full-length album. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there, the the record uh, is titled "Man Man Made Monster," and re- was released early this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, the, I, the article I grabbed that from was a little outdated, but yes, okay. it was a it was a um a record called "Man Made Monster." Uh, and it's great. But okay. continue. Yes, sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Great, great, great stuff. Originally formed in San, in San Francisco in uh, circa ninety seven about. As a one-shot, one-time message tribute band. Mm-hmm. Of the years, the band mutated. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, from from a tribute band to a legitimate death punk band, writing and producing their own material in the vein of the Misfits' "Walk Among Us" era. Yeah. So, all right. I wanted to throw that in there because. This is one of the most frustrating things about like little side projects that just uh, I end up loving, and then I can't like find anything else about them. Okay, that, that's it. So I, that's it. I discovered. Wow. Um, I discovered Plan Nine. Um, I discovered the Man Made Monster album. Right. Loved it. There were so many good songs on it, and it yeah, it was that. It sounded like the Walk Among Us era of the Misfits, and I think that's why I loved it so much. Mm. Um, the yeah. vocal styles is very similar to kind of like how Danzig sounded. And, um, it's just, that was it. That was all you got was one album because they were a misfits tribute band that just decided to come up with a few of their original songs. They put out one album. The album cover looked awesome. It was like this Frankenstein's monster looking creature. And, uh, that was it. That's all you got. So it was just like, why? 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 Why do you tease me so? Why do you put it out and then you don't do anything else? Um, but it, very frustrating. But you can find that album on Spotify and it's great. Um, so I, I guarantee you'll love them. I'll send you a link and um, I'll, I guarantee that. that you'll love them. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So basically, cool. got to bring it on home with this all-time favorite singer i think maybe dude yeah i mean he's he was great uh Mm. he's he's definitely my favorite singer of the misfits yeah well right Um, again it's very controversial for me to say because a lot of people are like danzig or nothing and i'm like yeah i mean danzig was great wonderful but i loved the michael graves era of the misfits so okay Um, so can i say something first my opinion from danzig and and Michael is the same is the same opinion that I have for David Lee Roth and and uh, oh, yeah and uh, Hagar. Michael Grace can can sing. He's a he's a great singer. They they can entertain. That's yeah. It. So yeah, that's that's, that's my it. whole yeah that yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, David. In, in comparison, you are exactly right. That is a perfect analogy for people who don't really know about the Misfits, but you're wondering what we're talking about. Yeah. When you think about Van Halen, right? David Lee Roth was a better performer. Right. Um, yeah. And Sammy Hagar, with a great Sammy singer, Hagar is a better singer right. than David Lee Roth. Yeah, that's exactly how yeah. I like to think about the Misfits when you think about who the best singer was. Right. Right. We won't talk about Jerry only in his. No. 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 His... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So Michael Emanuel, um, born uh, March twenty first of nineteen seventy five, was better known by his stage name, Michael Graves. Um, he's an uh, an American vocalist and songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's best known as the lead singer for the 1990s reincarnation of the Misfits from 1995 to 2000, briefly leaving in 1998. Uh, and um, so grew, uh, Graves grew up in Dumont, New Jersey, 
Uh, he's also released several albums as a solo artist, and we'll get to that. Um, Graves was recording a demo with his band The Mopes in Lodi, uh, Lodi excuse me, New Jersey, um, when their engineer Bob Alica um, mentioned that the Misfits were reforming and holding auditions for a new singer. Graves bought the Collection 1 and Walk Among Us albums. Collection 1 is great, and Collection 2 is wonderful. Both great albums. Um, and then Walk Among Us is my favorite Danzig era. Yeah. Misfits out. Um, uh, to it, just to familiar familiarize himself with the band and to become an official member without a uh, about a year after trying out. Um, Graves singing can be found on American Psycho, stock unskippable album, um, Famous Monsters, another unskippable album. Backup vocals, as we mentioned on, um, we got an upcoming Cover Wars coming out. Um, the uh, Monster Mash, he, he did backup vocals on on that the nineteen ninety nine version, um, and cuts from the crypt. Uh, he also wrote original songs for the bands, including Dig Up Her Bones, my favorite all time, Misfits. All time best song. Yep. Uh, American Psycho, Scream, Saturday Night, This Island Earth, uh, Fiend Without a Face, Shining, The Haunting, Devil Doll, Witch Hunt, and Fiend Club. Um, after he split from the Misfits, Graves made himself uh, made a name for himself in the horror punk scene with new bands, uh, his solo career, and guest appearances. Um, during a break in touring in 2000, Graves and Dr. Chud formed a band called The Lost Boys. Um, they all It all comes back around, right? Yeah. Uh, they played two shows uh, before the Misfits regrouped to embark on another tour, which was their last tour with this lineup. After Graves and Dr. Chud split with the Misfits on October 25th of 2000, they formed the band Graves, uh, which made one album called Web of Dharma. Um, before the band finished writing songs, recording, touring, and even solidifying a lineup, Graves rejoined the Misfit, uh, Misfits, but was only a guest vocalist for a month during the M25 kickoff tour. Um, he would perform Misfits songs written during the time of uh, of the of, during his time with the band to raise money for his new project, Graves. During a two-day break on their Web of Dharma tour, excuse me, Web of Dharma tour two tour. That's hard to say. The <laughs> band uh, recorded what was um, what was to be new material for a second album um, in Rip Snorter Studios. <laughs> I had to think about how to say that for a second. Um, located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, after two successful U.S. tours and the verge of a breakout record contract, Graves dis- uh, dissolved due to differences between Graves and Chud after only releasing one album. Mm. Yeah, mm. went went. So then Graves uh, went on to form Gotham Road. That's a cool band name. Um, shortly after, with uh, Loki, JV Bastard, and Paul Lifeless, under the assumed name Wait. of Graves. What's that? JV <laughs> Bastard. Come on JV now. Bastard. Come on yes. now. Great. He had a great mom and dad, man. I tell you what. Yeah, great parents that would name these kids. That's right. Under the assumed name of Graves, they recorded a five-song demo of redone Graves-era songs, uh, three, or excuse me, Graves songs, uh, three of which were released on Web of Dharma, uh, and two others which have been written and demoed with the original Graves lineup, but not officially released. Uh, right before his leave for the Marines, hmm. uh, Graves was approached by, did you know he was in the Marines? I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, Graves was approached by Horror High Records to do a solo album. He eventually recorded his debut solo record, Punk Rock is Dead, in 2005. 
The entire album was written and recorded with a friend and bandmate in Gotham Road. Uh, Paul Lifeless on drums um, for only one month. Um, after being honorably discharged due to a back injury, Graves went on to embark on a tour in support of the album with Loki, J.B. Bastard, and Matt Johnson. In March of 2006, Graves began a tour in support of Damian Eccles and the West Memphis Three. Dude, I don't know if you know about Dude. the West Memphis, yes. West Memphis Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you do? Yeah. All right. We recorded a whole episode on Not Religious on the West Memphis Three, and the audio file got deleted. <sighs> and it, it, it I oh wish we God. could have had that episode yeah. go out. I wish we could do it. Um, the audio file is gone. So like, I, I don't know, but if, if y'all aren't familiar with the West Memphis three in the early nineties, during the whole satanic panic thing, there were these three kids that, you know, in the very, 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 very small town of West Memphis, Arkansas, um, that, uh, they were considered weird kids, goth, if you will, what they wore like Metallica shirts and like one of them had black hair, but these, and they all like head mullets right so you know they were just you know a couple of heavy metal kids and um there were tragically there were three little boys that that were killed um and uh they just all assumed that these three teenagers did it they called them they called them the west memphis three um after 20 years in prison they were finally found to not be guilty um but uh and they were released thankfully but yeah so they they were finding the they never found the killers of the Man, three little kids um, but they did they did they were able to release these three guys who spent a good portion of their life uh, behind bars for a crime they didn't commit unfortunately it's a very sad story yeah um, but uh, you know they, there was a lot of attention from bands um, like Metallica notoriously Metallica doesn't let people use their music in movies right like they they're weird about that and it makes sense because of the whole LimeWire thing, so all that. So, okay, so uh, I I I think they, they they just recently started that because because I don't know if you remember, but in Zombieland One, they used um 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 uh from the Bell tools. Yeah, so it it changed after a few okay. years, but it, okay. it took it took a very it took right. a long time. Yeah, it okay. took a long time. People wanted to use Metallica songs in movies. Okay, and they wouldn't. We're going so off track. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's I feel like this is important. Mm. Um, but yes, in support of Damien Eccles, which is one of the the West Memphis Three, um, they produced. There was a HBO documentary, a three part document documentary called Paradise Lost, um, and Metallica gave them their music to feature because all three of these kids were such huge Metallica fans and they, right. they believed that these kids were innocent. Mm-hmm. So they let this, uh, paradise lost documentary series use their music. And it was like, um, wow. the unforgiven and, yeah. um, a, a few other ones that they yeah, just, yeah, they, yeah. they played yeah. continuously. So anyway, a lot of attention from a lot of musicians. Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam was another big one in support of them. Johnny Depp was a big supporter of yeah. the West Memphis Three. It's a crazy story. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Matt Johnson was uh, replaced with Quincy Smash, who was played by bass guitar, or excuse me, who played bass guitar uh, for one of Graves' bands, the Mopes, before the Misfits. Uh, to coincide with the 2006 Halloween um, slash almost home to tour um, Graves' second solo album F, uh, solo effort titled Return to Earth was released on Halloween Day nah, nah. of 2006. 
Um, Graves has written an album entitled Illusions with Damien Eccles of the West Memphis Three. Dude, okay, so that has yeah. got to be my favorite album ever. Oh, ever. Illusions is great. Yes. I, I, okay, so backtrack. I, 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 one day, one time I was in the, uh, I was on uh, Michael Graves' website and I saw the, the, um, Illusions vinyl. Right. And he had three of them. Two of them were sold out, and one wasn't. Okay, so I don't know if this is true, but uh, but but the whole cover of the album that I got is is made from dinosaur bone dust. I'm not sure if that's true. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. But but that was the only album that I spent an immaculate amount of money on. Oh, and yeah. I, but I do not regret it one bit. That, that, no that regrets. Great. No regrets here. Nope. That album's great. <laughs> great. Great. Great record. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the lyrics are written by Eccles and Graves and feature um, Jason Trioxin and Quincy Smash. Uh, a year later, in, 2000, uh, in October of 2008, um, Graves released Illusions Live, Veretta Park. Now, that is definitely... Uh, it's a, So, it's a compilation live album and a demo EP. Right. But the live songs on that Illusions Live album are just like... Great. So it was just captured so perfectly. Like yeah. his his version of Dig Up Her Bones. Oh my um, god. And shining on yeah. that Illusions Live album is just impeccable. Oh. And uh it, it, it gets me every single time, man. It's just it, oh. there's so much heart into it, right? Right. Um but anyway, so Graves began touring as the singer of Marky Ramones uh Blitzkrieg, which features the namesake drummer, uh as um uh, at one um Excuse me. And at one stage members of the band uh, Anti-Product, al- although the band now features a rotating lineup. The band uh, covers vintage Ramon songs live and in <laughs> 2010 recorded a cover of a Graves original song called When We Were Angels, originally featured on Illusions. Um, in March of 2012, Graves met Mark Allen Stewart, CEO of Hydraulic Entertainment, and after several meetings discussing uh, potential projects, Stewart and Graves decided to create their first CD, Vagabond. On September 28th of 2012, Michael uh, began a pledge through Kickstarter to release a new a new album titled Vagabond, which would uh, eventually be released on February 6th of 2013. With Vagabond, uh, Graves uh, showed a completely different side of, of his songwriting as the album genre ranges between folk rock and country. Uh, the release marked the beginning of the highly productive and successful partnership between Graves and Hydraulic Entertainment. On uh, August of August 27th of 2013, the band, excuse me, the album Vagabond Acoustic um, has been released containing eight acoustically performed songs from Vagabond with a short description of each song. This is what Michael Graves does. He puts out an album, all original stuff, then he'll do a live album, then he'll do an acoustic album. The guy loves an acoustic guitar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so later in um yeah, later of 20 in 2012, a second Kickstarter release was announced called uh, Lost Skeleton Returns, which Graves referred to as a return to horror punk. Uh and then stated uh it would feature um, 10 re-recorded classics as well as four new songs um, and by those re-recorded classics he also meant some of the Misfits era stuff because I think they redid Dig Up Her Bones I think they redid yeah. a few more of the Graves era Misfits songs Right. right. Um, 
obviously not as good as the original, but hey, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost Skeleton Returns was released on June 20th of 2013. Motionless and white vocalist Chris uh, Chris Motionless provided guest vocals on the track Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, the album was uh, supported by Nationwide Touring with Graves performing as his infamous Skelecrow character for the first time in nearly a decade. Uh, an acoustic album called Supernatural was released on February 7th of 2014 and features acoustically performed songs of Lost Skeleton Returns. Uh, and then June 13 or June 3rd, of, June 3rd of 2014, Graves released a new album titled Wanderer, a musical follow-up to Vagabond, which was successfully funded through Kickstarter, uh, his Kickstarter project. Um, an acoustic version of the record called Wanderer Acoustic was released on twenty uh, man on February third of twenty fifteen, following the tradition of Vagabond Acoustic and Supernatural. Um, in uh, January of twenty sixteen, the full band uh, full band album When Worlds Collide, which is wonderful, um, has been released as the follow up to the Graves album The Lost Skeleton Returns. The album contained eleven new songs and combined punk, horror punk, and monster rock in Graves' typical manner. The record also included the sequel to the classic fan favorite Crying on Saturday Night, the classic Misfit song, I love it, um, which is called Dying on Sunday Morning. Mm. Uh, In summer of 2016, Graves recorded and released the album Bedlam, which is the acoustic counterpart to When Worlds (laughs) Collide. A new take on Dying on Sunday Morning has been added to the song Feels Like I'm Dying. So there you have it. So Michael Graves came in to the whole misfit scene, not really even being familiar with who they were as a band. He had to buy a collection album, good, learn the songs, um, went on to put out two wonderful albums with the, with that band, mm-hmm. build up a reputation, put out all his solo stuff, kind of experimented in some folky acoustic country stuff. Um, but ultimately, you know, got back all into the horror punk scene. Now, again, there's some stuff with Michael Graves recently that has, that has, you know, been all over the news with the whole, like the proud boys movement and, and, and everything like that. We're not going to get into all that. Um, but, uh, and and I'm aware of all that, but I'm, I'm looking back on the albums he put out over 20 years ago with my favorite band. And I still love those albums, despite all that stuff going on with him now and his very controversial statements and very horrible statements that he makes about a lot of things. Um, the man doesn't need social media. Thank God he finally got rid of it um, because it's very, very problematic. And I totally understand that, but I still stand by the fact that famous monsters and American psycho are the best misfits albums ever. I, I will agree with you on the uh, American psycho record. I didn't find Famous Monsters would be very uh, much like American Psycho. Um, I know, yeah, it was different. Yeah, it, it was different for, for me, um, but I do like, um, you know, Crying on Saturday Night. And yeah. I was wondering the song that I liked on it. But, uh, but, yeah. Scream is a great one. Scream is one. amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pumpkinhead oh. is probably my favorite one on that one, uh, just because it's so fast. And I think that's what I loved about that era of the Misfits is yeah. it was more metal. I guess. Um, and that's where a lot of new horror punk fans, whether they want to admit it or not, 
their stuff, a lot of new horror punk is more influenced by the Graves era of the Misfits rather than, than the Danzig era. Right, right. And I don't think they, some of them will acknowledge it. I don't think a lot of them will uh, because everybody is so like Danzig or nothing. Um, but I, I think what Graves did with the Misfits and in, in, I mean, I mean, it's a collaborative effort, you know, it is, yeah. Jerry yeah. only has been a part of it since day one. Sure. But I Doyle mean, brought something different to the band when he joined, right. he brought more metal guitar riffs into it, um, as they progressed. And then, um, you know, Dr. Chud, obviously very, very good drummer, fast, heavy, aggressive drummer. Um, and, uh, I think that's perfectly disp- displayed in the song Pumpkinhead, uh, which is my favorite one on Famous Monsters. So. Okay, so let me ask you this before we close out the show. Yeah. Um, going back to Michael Graves' solo career, what do you yeah. think about, or have you, well, I know you've heard of this because, I mean, it's Michael, but um, what do you think about his song, um, No Rain, covered by Blind Melon? The, yeah, the Blind Melon one. Oh, dude, it's wonderful. I thought, it's, it's I thought it was a great cover. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. It's a great. Great music yeah. video. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for a great, a great uh, again, the guy loves an acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he is so, so, so good at doing a cover song. Right. Um, and there was a video I used to just freaking wear out on YouTube, man, forever <laughs> ago. And it's horrible quality, right? So it was, it looks like it was filmed with like a, a potato. But it was, <laughs> it was Michael Graves probably in like, the, it had to have been like the 2006, 2007 era of Michael Graves where he was at with his career. Yeah. He's in like a record store or whatever. He's playing a guitar. It's missing a string. Um, it's it. Yes. But, you know, you, you, have you yeah. seen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Playing dig up her bones. Yes, yes. Beautiful. But it's like, but but it's like the sideways thing. It's not like exactly. Like, yeah. It's all sideways. Yeah. And I was it's like, all oh, like yeah. so pixelated. But it is that is like one of my favorite renditions of dig up her bones. And then I love the illusions one. I love that they bring the drums into it and everything I if too. Oh, YouTube. Do what? I said. So I wonder if it's still on YouTube. Uh, it might be. Because I may really, have to go digging for it. Because I really, really want to watch. I, I did again. a cover of "Dig Up Her Bones." You did. Not on drums either. I sang it. Me yeah. and Travis. Yeah, forever ago. We did an acoustic cover of "Dig Up Her Bones." That's probably still on YouTube somewhere. But that's how much I love that song. I'm gonna find Not it only because, like, it it's just yeah, it's a great horror punk song and all that. And it's very catchy and all that stuff. But I think the lyrics are just great, man. The lyrics are beautiful. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Especially, um, you know, if it, I have, so famous st- stars and straps did a collaboration with misfits <laughs> a few times actually, but they did, they did one. They put out the shirt It had a little cross on it. Um, and it, said it was kind of like you know you remember like the dog town yes um so with the cross and like the dog and the town the o would like overlap each other in the cross yeah right it did that with the with this so it was oh, like okay. a cross and it said famous but then like the m mixed with the misfits thing or anyway right, yeah, yeah. so it was that and then you had the cross on the back as well in like an arch with the lyrics to dig up her bones and my favorite lyrics from dig up her bones point me to the sky above i can't get there on my own yeah. and i was like has there ever been a more you're perfect like, shirt you're like me? i gotta get uh, that right you buy it I, yeah nice i want to get the lyrics 
lyrics tattooed on me if I can. Like, I, I, I mean, I love those lyrics. Point yeah. me to the sky above. I can't get there on my own. And that's, I mean, that just, that goes so much deeper, um, you know, than just it, it's, it's horror punk and it's fun imagery and stuff like that. The lyrics are really good. And I think at the end of the day, you have to analyze that kind of stuff um, at, at some point, like, yeah, this stuff is all fun and we've got Halloween coming up and these are fun songs. We, we do this, me and James, for those of you listening, me and James do this because we want y'all to get into new music. If you're interested, even if you've got a Halloween party coming up and you just want something extra to throw in there rather than hearing ghostbusters 30 times and the Halloween, um, theme song. Right. So throw in some of these bands or whatever, but like, dude, some of these lyrics can get really, really deep. And I think Michael Graves did a wonderful job with that. Right. Oh yeah. That is why he's my favorite misfit singer. I agree. I agree. But I will tell you this. Okay. So my second favorite singer is, is Michael hideous only because he sounds exactly like Elvis and then at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the uh, I I only found one video of 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 Hades playing with the Misfits. He like it's like the spitting image of like the 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 the, the dark image the the dark imagery of the Misfits. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was, and that was very short lived. That was very, like a very very short lived, like a two week you know run off or something. Yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't very long at all. No. They, he's forgotten about a lot. Oh, of course he is. Poor guy. Know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's <laughs> in one of the greatest bands ever, right. and people are like, "Oh, you are? Yeah, okay, like cool. who are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, we we remember you, Michael. It is. Yeah, we uh, remember you, buddy. Don't yeah, you worry. Yeah. So, uh, cool. but we do want you to. We do this for two reasons. One, Blake just said that we want you to to be in uh, in the know of like brand new music that you never heard before, right. and. Also, we want to reiterate, we do this for for you, the listener, who is um, depressed or have anxiety, and we want you not to feel like we do when we are depressed or have anxiety. So this is strictly for you. Um, 5% five, 5% is for us. 95% of this whole yeah. show is for you. So, uh, you know, whatever you do, just um, dig into this awesome music. I love new music. I love hearing new stuff. Um, so if you're ever down or out or whatever, uh, please listen to any of these of these great, great, great bands we've mentioned today, especially Doyle. Yeah, especially Doyle. Yeah, yeah, and maybe you can encourage him to not be cheeky and actually come on the show. Yes, please. I, you, you don't. What kind of response is that, man? You don't. <laughs> oh man, you don't. So to recap: James reached out to Doyle personally, I think on Instagram or Twitter or something. Twitter. Twitter, yeah, on Twitter, and was asking who do I contact to get you, uh, or well, what did you say? How who do I who do I contact to get you on the show? Yeah, for an interview, right. and he said you don't, and that was his only response. And we we're like, okay, well, moving on. But that's another um, reason to be afraid of him, Blake. Yep, yeah, you yeah. don't. <laughs> but yep. he does. He does do interviews. He does. It just. Uh, He's picky, apparently. Yeah, he's cheeky. I, I still don't know what that word means. Man. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Cheekbones. Cheekbones. Um, 
Cool. Well, do you want to do a uh, mental health minute? Yes, I was going to ask you if you had one in the Yeah, I've yes. got one. It's not in the notes, but I do have one. Cool. I've, I forgot to throw them in there. But um, Let's do it. So yeah, today's uh, mental health minute. I hope you guys have been enjoying this. I, I certainly have. Um, I know James has been enjoying it. We've been trying to apply Love this it. to our Love lives. Uh, just a minute. We're going to take a minute here, just a suggestion for something that you can do. Those of you who struggle with you know, different issues, depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, um, and maybe you can apply some of this to your life just in case you hadn't thought about it before right so today's mental health minute um work on your strengths whatever those strengths may be do something you're good at to build self-confidence and then take on a tougher task um for instance i used to love drawing when i was a kid i used to draw anything that i could get my hands on i used to draw superheroes i used to draw old hot rods because my dad was a big car guy and he had magazines laying all around the house and i would just doodle and try to copy the covers of the hot rod magazines and um and then i drew pokemon and stuff all the time i drew musicians and instruments anything i could i could just to get it out of my system right sixth grade i just never picked it up again i I don't remember ever drawing again from sixth grade on um but the other day i was in um five below with my wife Allie. y'all got one of those yeah we've got one of these yep we've got a we've got a five below here in Sumter recently got it like last year but we do have one I love that Um, place yeah that's great yeah we went in there and there was a book called how to draw like Marvel comics um and I was like oh that's cool and it's like this 70s era like Stanley Steve Steve uh, Ditko era of Marvel comics and um and then I bought a little sketchbook and I started drawing again this week Nice. And, you know, that was really like satisfying to me because you, uh, you guys know I play drums. Um, I don't have my shed done right now, so I don't get to play except for at church. That's like the only time I get to play right now. Um, so that can kind of mess with me because like that's something that I love to do and something that I'm, I'm good at. So I, it gives me confidence. But if I can't do it daily, you know, my all my stuff starts to like settle in. Right. So. <laughs> I try to find other things to kind of keep my mind off of that. And drawing was just something I saw that sketchbook. I saw the Marvel comics thing. And I was like, that's cool. I should try to do that. Um, So I did. And I've been loving it. I can't wait to sit down again, just for however much time I can get just to doodle around, try to um, trying to draw old Marvel superheroes. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think the, I I guess I was what the 70s, 80s version of the Marvel characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's like one of the best errors of all time. The drawing. Oh uh, yeah, I love the the styling of of those comics, especially mm-hmm. Iron Man. Iron Man was a very profound character, and yeah. he looked so so badass drawing. Yeah, you know, especially that, that era for yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So yes, sir. Okay, y'all. So everybody who is watching this or hearing this, um, thank you so much for listening to the show today. Uh, be par- be sure to share this with your friends, families, dogs. Um, mostly make sure you're, make sure that, you know your your dog listens to this. You know, I will. She's not joining me tonight, um, yeah. because Allie is home, so she's just hanging out yeah. in the in the um in the other room. So I'm all by myself in the the office right now. Yeah, but uh, we are available on multiple podcasts, including. Apple Podcast. So please be sure to leave a rating and review if you like our show and you want to see our podcast grow. We get more more uh, 
more awesome guests for you. Um, yeah. Oh, and we'll read your reviews right here on the show, just like Blake is going to read some right now, correct? Yeah, so um, we've got one from A.V. Spinelli 4. Uh, uh, they said five star show and gave us five stars. Um, guys are always a great listen, great interviews and special guests. Wouldn't want to miss every new episode. Thank you. AV Spinelli four. um, also have one from bonk is my dog. Uh, they said awesome content. These guys are so much fun to listen to. A friend of mine recommended this podcast to me and I couldn't be happier as someone who loves music and a good story just as much as the next person, these guys do it well, and I can't wait to see what they have in store for the future. Oh, thanks, so thank bonk. you, Bonk is my dog. And don't bonk the dog. Please stop bonking your dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and I'm going to tell you the, the, uh, the handle so you can listen to uh, get in contact with us there. Instagram yep. is at When Words Feel Podcast. Uh, Facebook is WWFMS Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at uh, When Words Fail MS. Uh, you can email us, so you can email us on uh, what you want to hear next on the next podcast at When Words Fail Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on YouTube also, so you can view our video cast. I guess that's what it's called. And um, our cool band shirts. And so you can see Flick's Misfits shirt. Uh, and your Cannibal Corp shirt. And my Cannibal Corp shirt. Very, yeah. <laughs> very, very good album. Um, uh, on uh, YouTube.com slash When Words Fail Music Speaks. We're on TikTok, finally, at When Words Fail Music Speaks. Our website is When Words Fail Music Speaks.com, and I will leave the link so you can purchase all your merchandise from there. We have shirts, bags, masks, uh, baby clothes. Anything you want for your for your clothing needs. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty incredible stuff. Cool man. Um you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Blake underscore Mosley, M O S E L E Y. Um I, I am also on the YouTube doing some drum playthroughs at church, uh youtube.com slash Mosley with three Ys, M O S E L E Y Y Y. I am also on TikTok. Yes. Um Dude. Surprisingly, okay, hold on. So your 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 video got like a thousand views. I just looked it up again. I don't know what's happening. That video has over twenty two thousand views on it. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> all I did was play the the sugar we're going down intro for a song at church. Twenty two point. Okay, so it's twenty two point six k views. Yeah. <laughs> it's like out of that. Yes, okay, so. It has 46 comments, and it's 62, um, I guess, shares? Shares, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's got 1,200 likes, 46 comments, and 62 shares, and twenty-two over 22,000 views. I don't know what's happening. That's the only video I have on YouTube, and all it is is me playing the Sugar We're Going Down, or not YouTube, on TikTok, yeah. playing the Sugar We're Going Down intro to a song at church. We're going um, down, 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 down. Man, I don't know what happened. Your video inspired me to watch that whole video again. Oh, it's a great music video. Oh, great song, great, great yeah. band, great music video. Everything. But I don't understand the video. What's with the deer? Oh, who knows? Nobody, nobody knows. Yeah. I don't think they know either. Okay, so, Rosalie, we yeah. need to follow up that video soon. I'm trying. Because you're on the roll, man. 
20, I finally figured it 22, out. 22,000 views. You need to come up with something soon. I'll try. Mark, I'll try Mark. to think of something else. Okay. I, I don't know. I struck gold apparently with that video, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it again. But um, I did figure out how to do um, a, a challenge um, yes. right before you got uh, right before you joined the call. I I figured out how to do a challenge. So I was like, okay, great, because James, for those of you who follow us on TikTok, he's been doing these music challenges. Um, so that's at when words fail, music speaks on TikTok, but. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing these cool music challenges and I was like, man, that is really neat. How do I do that? I couldn't navigate myself around this. T- I feel like I'm, I, I don't know. I feel like an idiot on TikTok. Like I just, I cannot figure out where anything's at. I finally got it and I was like, all right, cool. And I put up that video though, just because I got, uh, I got a request to follow the, uh, when words fail TikTok. And I was like, oh, I don't have a TikTok account. I'll, I'll make one so I can follow follow the podcast on on tiktok and then i was like well i've got uh some drum videos i guess i can put those up through some hashtags in there next thing you know we're here so well see um, anyway you're doing amazing because my latest video that i just posted the last night or the night before it's got a total of 505 and views which is not too shabby for me congratulations thank you sir yes so and my second video got 429 views. So I'm doing something okay. good. You're doing something amazing. I don't know. So we need to. <laughs> I, <we> ha- <laughs> I don't know what it is. We're going down, down. I mean, that's, yeah, so. Hey, oh, man, you can, you can probably. Well, I, well that's kind of no. Because I was going to say you could probably play like a like, Slayer intro. But that wouldn't be a good, good thing for church, would it? They won't know. That's the beauty of drums. They won't know. Oh, okay. So I'll you could. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, okay, y'all. So, oh, um, uh, sources for this episode is Wikipedia, SailorsGraveRecords.com, Loudwire, TheVogue.com, and PunkNews.org. That's right. Thanks so, again for listening to our first Halloween episode of the 2021 year. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We've got more in store for you. So, please stay tuned. Like and subscribe uh, on the YouTube on podcasts or wherever and um thanks again for listening and as always remember when words fail music speaks and happy halloween bye guys